I want to try something a little different. I've now recorded two seasons of the Make Life Work podcast, talking to people from around tech about how they balance work, life and side projects. I wanted to take a bit of a break for a few months before getting into season three, giving me a bit of time to get comfortable in my new job, uh, reset, reflect and understand you know, what made the first 10 episodes work. If you haven't listened already, go back through the archives. This will give you a bit of a flavour how it all works. If you can't be bothered, I generally invite someone along to talk about their working habits, their personal enjoyment, anything they make on the side. Every episode is between 45 minutes to an hour and released weekly. In light of the current COVID-19 pandemic, I started to think it might be a good idea to check in with some people on how they're coping with some of these challenging times. Personally, I've had to adjust my working habits quite extremely. I've been stuck at home for about seven weeks now, plus I'm struggling to find any time for side projects. And I thought other people will probably be in the same boat. So for this series, I want to keep it simple, invite people along for half an hour conversations to talk about how they're coping with new work demands, their personal arrangements, and if they're finding any time for side projects. This week, I've asked along a fellow podcaster and man of many talents, Luke Murphy. I've known Luke for many years through the tech scene, mostly from stupid Twitter conversations about random things. Luke mentioned the other week about getting back into the podcast world through these challenging times, so he seemed like an ideal first guest for this series. Let's get on with it. How are you doing, Luke? Oh, I'm doing okay. Well, you know, as I said before, as, as well as anybody can be doing in these these times, but, um, but yeah, doing okay, doing okay. How about yourself? I'm similar. Doing okay. Coping just about. Um, yeah. And I will warn any listeners that are on this... There may be background noise of family from my side, at least. I'm not sure about you. Mine's mine's currently dead in his bed, just sleeping the the afternoon away. Which, to be honest, is where I wish I was. I mean, obviously, I'm enjoying the podcasting part of it, but the working part is a little bit more tough. So <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I, I like the fact he's having an afternoon nap. I, I should try that. I know it sounds wonderful. I'm very jealous. I might I might encourage mine to try <laughs> that as well when they have their awful afternoon moan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was it basically just started with him having a complaint about his schoolwork, and it just made me think maybe that's what I need to do in the next bad bad remote meeting I have. It's just you know Ooh. have a bit of a rant and then go for a nap, and even tell the team. So I've had yeah. a bad time. I've had to have a half hour nap. I'm back. I'm on it. <laughs> That'd be great. I might try that myself actually in the week because it's normally Wednesday Thursday afternoon lull. You're thinking, God, I'm knackered. I've had too much to do. Yep. Yep. Um, shall we get into a little bit about who you are, what you do, and all that sort of stuff? Go for it. Yeah, I think that sounds good. So, um, so yeah, so I'm a, at the moment a designer at um, Memorize, product designer. Nice. Um, so Memorize, language learning app. Um, but, yeah, been there for, jeez, uh, four years now um, in wow. various roles. Uh, being a designer and a product manager because, you know, I, I thought it looked easy and then discovered that it wasn't. So went back to design. Wow. Oh, so you went into product management and back out into design again? Yeah, yeah. Ah. It was uh, probably one of the most ill-advised uh, uh, decisions I made in, in my career. So, What attracted um, you to product management in the first place then? Because it's interesting, this conversation. To be honest, it was to do with um, uh, very arrogantly making the decisions. Um, I wanted to be the person who actually, you know, gets to decide what it is that we're working on. And, and, uh, what I realized is that I enjoy that part and I enjoy the creative part of product management and don't enjoy any of the rest of it. Like the communication, the writing, the products that, yeah. Oh, it's the, 
endless meetings, to be honest, and the managing up that I think is is one of the worst parts that nobody ever really talks about. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the it's the it's the dark art, isn't it, of managing up rather than down. Oh, exactly. I mean, managing down is easy. I'm actually I'm a design manager as well at, at Memorize, so I do manage two other designers, and and that part is is a breeze. That is is super easy. It's the managing senior leadership that's the real real tricky one. But um, it's okay. I'm hoping none of them listen to this. Um, <laughs> I want to directly contact them after this now to make sure they hear everything we say. <laughs> no, to be honest, I've been very, very, very open about this. They know exactly my thoughts about this. So. That's good. I mean, at least you're honest with them. That's good. Because at least that you're having that conversation with them. And that's, that's an art in itself, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's it's something that I think a lot of people, you know, shy away from is, is well, admitting their um their weaknesses is a strong word, mm. but... um Areas of improvement. Exactly, exactly. Or areas of no interest whatsoever. Um, I think... <laughs> But it's, it's, yeah, I think it's especially when you're dealing with, you know, future of a uh, product, it, it can get quite, uh, quite difficult to manage everybody's different expectations and, and everybody's competing interests um, to the point where, you know, there are times where you just kind of want to go, well, you know what, screw this. I just want to do it my way. Can't I do it my way? Um, which apparently is not what a product manager is supposed to do. Right. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to wait till I can be head of design instead, and then you know that's 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 going to be my tactic. Oh, that's nice. So how big is Memorize then? How many people are involved? Uh, so Memorize is uh, about 80 people at the moment. Okay. Um, so we've got a design team of uh, oh, geez, I think we're somewhere between five and ten. I can never remember. Um, but <laughs> a mix of product designers, UX researchers, and uh, communications designers as well. Um, so it's it's quite a nice little team. Um, it actually feels like first place I've been that's been resourced enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> of course on the edge there. And then yeah, and then the rest of the team, a lot of a lot of content people, a lot of devs. So um so it's it's quite a nice, nice mix of people. And are you co located somewhere or do you actually are you already kind of remotely enabled, as it were? So yeah, so we we were obviously we were all located in the London office. Mm. Um which is actually it's it's a it wasn't a bad thing actually they are a very diverse employer um so they try and make sure that they've got as many uh, people from as many backgrounds as possible because language learning kind of makes sense um so they moved a lot of people into london but now they're having to uh, obviously embrace remote working which to be honest is actually going really well I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I've always been semi-remote, uh, sort of working two days a week from home. But um, but the rest of the team has been a bit, you know, for a startup, a little bit slow to uh, embrace remote until this happened. And I think it's going it's okay. Interesting. Yeah, because we're the same. Yeah. Um, I work for a global company and they're, they're co-located in London, like yourself. Uh, we've got like four floors. It's probably about... I think all in total, it's probably about 800, but in, yep. in the office, London office, about 180, 200. Um, and like, like you guys, it's sort of, you can work yeah. remotely, but you know, more likely you're going to be in the office. And then this happened, right? And we was like, okay, you're all going to work from home. I went, okay. How's this going to work? So we've got ops people, yeah. like salespeople that need to be on the phone and stuff like that. So they had to do the logistics of that, you know, um, from a tech perspective, it was we were quite well enabled already. We were familiar with remote working, but it wasn't part of the culture. So now it's re-educating people about how we could potentially do this. Yeah, but it's two months in now, and we're actually doing okay. 
And because you guys are in the sort of financial space-ish, yes. right? So, and I'm guessing because a lot of the regulations with that, with tech security and and all the rest of it, I'm oh. guessing can be a little bit uh, hairy. Yeah, I mean, we've got the, the, the tools that we have got to use. We cannot yeah. go off tangents like, you know, we do use Zoom. So that's one good sign, to be honest. Um, but they're really strict on like, where we share content and, you know, like Trello, no chance. As long as it's, yeah. unless it's on the enterprise account. So, you know, it's, it's all these exactly. sort of things. But the tools we have virtually enable us anyway. And like I say, Zoom is pretty much, it's most my day now. I don't think, I think I probably spend 75% of my time in Zoom now. And then the rest is just typing stuff away and collating the information about all those conversations we had. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's the, um, uh, I I think actually most of my, well, uh, as with most people, all of my working life and most of my personal life is now conducted via Zoom, and I'm just, I'm just scared of the amount of data they hold about me now. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's funny actually. The the biggest problems we had as a company were uh, internet connection. Um, mm-hmm. Having a lot of young people, uh, especially young people who have just moved to London, living in house shares, uh, internet connection was not great, and usually couldn't cope with the six people living there. So we've had to uh, upgrade everyone's internet connection, and then. Um, and then the second one is the one that they were really worried about was our culture as well, company culture. Um, but actually, it's I think we're having more social events as a company now than we were, like that people are actually turning up to than we were when uh, we were all in the same office. So uh, it seems to be going okay. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're similar. I mean, like I say, we have got that startup mentality. But now that we're all forced to be remote, we had virtual karaoke last Friday. We wouldn't have done that in the office. And I'd, I'd love it if we did it in the office. But the fact that everyone yeah. was dialing in from home with their families and kids around them, singing along to some random drunk songs, quite frankly, but we're all stone cold sober. I don't, I've never. Oh, wow. You know. That's perfect. We've got our first uh, multi-room Zoom party on Wednesday to celebrate the the launch of a part of our product, nice. and uh, I'll, I'll let you know how that goes because I'm not entirely convinced about it, but we'll see. Nice. So you you mentioned <laughs> before you were already remote working prior to the the coronavirus hitting. So what was your arrangement with the the, the, the management in the team? Yeah, so it's it's something that, to be honest, it's something that I've been doing since I first started there. Um, it was kind of a, a um requirement for for joining uh because i came to memorize from being a freelance for four and a half years mm. um obviously working from home most of the time um and uh it was just the reason that i went freelance in the first time was because of the family situation so uh I had my son back in 2013 and and wanted to spend more time because was doing the standard you know getting up at six leaving by seven getting home at eight and not actually seeing him um which was quite rubbish so when mm. freelancers spend some more time with the family and when i ended up deciding to go back in house um thought no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that again um so sort of set very strict boundaries with working hours and also said look I, at first it was going to work from home one day a week and then uh work from home two days a week sort of ramp it up a little bit because uh, i live just outside of london so up in hertfordshire so it's a it's a, you know an hour and a half commute mm. um but that eats into the day you know that's three hours of the day in total and it's just it was just something that I couldn't justify um, trying to work really hard, you know, 12 hour days and, and earn the bank. But, you know, it was just actually my happiness and, and family life was much more important than that. Did it so I completely relate to you on this? Because I, I also live outside of London and traveling daily when I, when I have to be there. It's two hours door to door, really, which is quite a long distance, really. Yeah. 
um, which is one of the reasons I'd like to be more, you know, remote enabled. Um, but like you, I was like, I don't see my children and I like to find the time to be with them, even if it's just like winding down for half an hour to watch The Simpsons at seven o'clock or something, just so I've got time with them. It helps. Yeah. But being at home over this coronavirus, I've not had a better relationship with my family since I can remember. And it's actually been the silver lining to it all. I get to see them all the time, yeah. which, you know, not yeah. always great, but <laughs> you know majority of the time it's wonderful i get to have a conversation with the kids i get to see how they're learning i get to just play with them a bit more have dinner with them at normal times it's all these little That's things it. make such a difference to how you know your well-being yeah i mean it's just even you know the, the the little thing of uh getting to cook with him lunch whenever he's here it's um it's it's just it's fantastic and you know don't get me wrong i can't wait for schools to go back but um but it's uh it's just doing some things with it you know taking the time out in the day and saying let's go for a walk for for an hour it's just fantastic um and you know i'm in a well uh, a, a position that's you know half lucky half a little bit rubbish but um but uh separated Right. relatively recently so I have him for half the time so actually so half of the week I get to focus entirely on work which is you know good for um work yeah. um and then the other half of the time I kind of spend that time with him but it, it means that there is actually a nice balance I think we we don't you know get to I I do not envy anybody who has kids full-time um at the <laughs> moment because it's just it's it is tiring it's tiring trying to be both a teacher um a parent oh. Um, a support person and also trying to be a full-time employee as well. Yeah. Um, and, and especially because, you know, a lot of parents, both of them are working, right? It's um, exactly. trying to work. Yeah. My, my wife, she, she's actually a teacher, secondary school teacher. Ah. Um, so she's actually, I think she does one week in for the key worker children and then three weeks out and then back yeah. in again. So she's on rotor like that. Um, the time she's in, she's not really doing much teaching because she's, she's virtually childcare for a lot of these yeah. sort of teachers. But when she's at yeah. home, she's doing all the work. She's like a senior leader, so she's doing a lot of prep, a lot of frameworks, a lot of reporting and stuff like that, a lot of initiative stuff. So she yeah. know I know firsthand how difficult it is to be a teacher first anyway. For the, her to then become teacher to her own children on top of that, it's just virtually impossible. And you is. Know, we, I don't know how we'd cope if we didn't have the in-laws to help, to be honest, because they look after the little one through the day. Um, yeah. middle age, you know the teenager's self-managed he just does his thing on his computer so you know whether he's working full-time who knows <laughs> <laughs> he did download the new star wars game on no no star wars battlefront 2 yesterday it was on offer for may the 4th it was like yeah how much work are you actually doing today son um yeah but yeah i mean we found a, a relatively good balance i don't know how you managed to do that as a single dad though because that must be even harder like living on your own with a child I mean, to be honest, at first, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, um, you know, still close with with my ex, um, and so we worked together to work out a schedule that would work for both of us because she's she's a freelancer, right? Um, so you know, she still has to, well, she still has to work, otherwise, she's literally got no money coming in. So um, you know, doesn't have the option of taking holiday or or sort of sick time off or anything. Um, but yeah, we worked out a schedule, and I think that lasted about three days. Um, <laughs> And then we just realized that we just needed to play it loose and, and figure it out as we go. And luckily, I've got a very understanding employer who, you know, my, my boss is one of the greatest people in the world who just, you know, tells me, nut mate, don't worry about it. Take the rest of the day off. Just focus on your kid. Get him sorted. You can always, you know, we can always catch up later. 
Um, I suppose it's the advantage of not being in a, a horribly deadline driven business, um, having worked in agencies before, um, where you're, you know, at the whim of your client, um, working for a startup where, you know, we're not uh, told that, you know, it's, we don't have dead, we don't have real deadlines, right? It's get it out when you can, when it's good enough to get out to the customers. Yeah. So it's a, it's a uh, fine point to make, to be honest, because that's something we're trying to work with at the moment as well. Rather than setting a date in stone, you, you just kind of go, give us a guide and then we're going to work on that. And, you know, that'll be our milestone we're working towards. And we'll revisit every couple of weeks just to see how we're tracking on that milestone because chances are we're out, you know, but it's that mindset of saying, get rid of the dates and just work towards the best quality products that you can make that's ready to go to yeah. market. Um, and it's a trust it's a trust thing as well because yeah. it's like i know a lot of i've worked in a lot of places where you know they would not do that because they're like oh but how do we know people are going to be working as as hard as they can be and hard as they should be um when actually it's like i mean if they're working for you hopefully they're trying to achieve the same thing you're trying to achieve and if they're not if they're just going to be working the bare minimum i think you've got bigger problems than whether you have a deadline or not yep. um so maybe you should should look a little bit deeper than that indeed uh, anyway that's a fair point so yeah you've got a fine balance to get well I say fine balance you've got you found a balance with your ex with your little one and with work they're all very understanding you're quite flexible around that so you know what do you think is going to happen after at the back of all this, when we're finally getting back into a normal world, normal in the inverted commas, obviously. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I think that, you know, one of the key things is that we're not going to go back to a normal world, are we? I mean, not this really. is this is going to change everything. It's, um, I think that it's, it's interesting. I know that there's already talks um, within the business um, around, well, actually, do we all need to be co-located? Because it'd be a lot cheaper if we weren't um yep. and uh so i think you know there's there's a chance that that'll change i think to be honest i'm hoping what comes out of this for not just me and and sort of my situation but for everyone as well is that things become a little bit more relaxed um i think mm. i i do think that one of the silver linings out of this is there's a lot more focus on um checking in on people and and mental health um because it's i mean that's one thing i've you know, never had anxiety as bad as I have had over the last sort of, you know, month or two. Um, and, yeah, but at the same time, it's like my, my colleagues have been so supportive with that and, and, you know, constantly checking in and, and like, you know, how you doing, uh, anything I can do to help out, uh, all the rest of it and just, you know, take, take the time that you need all the rest of it. And it's just been fantastic. And I'm hoping that that does sort of that is a change that we see that that pervades and and becomes embedded in culture no i think you're right i mean health um, has definitely become a I, massive issue at the moment obviously for different reasons but the the, the actual impact yeah. of those health implications is probably the, the bigger part we need to focus on you, i mean like you say it sounds like you're lucky you've got people around you who are mindful about this stuff checking in with you and actually quite forward thinking in that sense as well Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that a lot of the people around me are quite progressive in, in the way they think about this, but it's also, I think it's a lot of self-awareness as well, uh, because people are talking about these things uh, a lot more and it's, it's, I mean, it is something that was already on the rise anyway, I think, yeah. uh, before all this hit, but I think that there are a lot of people who are, um, now talking about this for the first time and looking at themselves for the first time and saying, oh, actually maybe I'm not okay. Like, you know, physical health whatever but um you know maybe this is taking a toll on me because this is a this is a hard time for anyone's mental health um yep. you know whether you are you've got all the people who are living by themselves um who you know literally don't have 
physical human contact or, you know, have very little physical human contact. But at the same time, on the other end, you've got people who are just spending 24 hours a day with the same same set of small group of people. Um, and that can be taxing in its own way. Um, yep. It's, I mean, it is something that I think that, that it is is people are struggling with and you know i'm hoping that 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 just makes makes it a little bit more okay to talk about in the future um but yeah i mean in terms of work practices i'm just hoping that it just it makes everybody oh it's about to swear um chill the heck out <laughs> um but uh because you know i think that one of the things that we're realizing is that capitalism how well your company's doing it's not the most important thing is it well yeah i think you're right i think a lot of companies are starting to adjust to that now i mean i don't know about you but my inbox is full of messages from ceos at the moment oh i've I've never seen so many emails from these ceos like there's if they care to be honest i think probably a handful of them maybe half of them even do but it's just amazing that they've had to adjust their message their language their brand almost to make it fit in this new world because it's not okay to be a dick anymore. You've got to care. Um, and even our prime minister seems to have shifted in, in the UK about how he behaves towards the NHS after he's been through the, the, the distress himself. Exactly. I mean, that's that's what I was just about to bring up. I mean, you know, we've got we've got a conservative government acting like a, a left <laughs> socialist government. I mean, what is happening here? Um, so, I mean, that's that is it's you know, it is a good thing, I suppose, that we've had some of the right responses to to this yeah. kind of thing and uh, some people being a little bit more human centered um at the same time i'm you know i'm hoping that it doesn't you know give rise to um some of the nastier things that could come out of of this as well but i haven't actually seen it so it, which is good i suppose not yet i'm yeah. hoping we we stand firm and things exactly new in a better way i mean obviously we've got a lot of people that are, we're losing lives in on all this it's not all glory no 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 yeah. it's definitely silver linings from the way people are reacting i love like the thursday evening care, clap for the carers it just gives you a, a warm fuzzy feeling every thursday evening that you're doing this with everyone around the country pretty much exactly i mean it is there's some good solidarity there and i know that there's some you know there is some uh criticism of the the clap for yeah. the nhs stuff especially you know i i stand here where i am in tory heartland and uh and <laughs> listen to people clap and i'm like yeah how about next time you don't vote for them um but um <laughs> exactly but it's um it's i mean yeah you've got it i think i think that one it's good because we've got people who are actually banding together they're they're showing a bit of solidarity a bit of community spirit um and you know things not being so self-centered and so out for themselves um but then also i think that the conversations that are coming up around that and and getting people to actually take a look at at what they're they're talking about and what they're they're now um espousing the values of and saying well actually maybe you should take a bit of a a harder look at your own personal values and how you've behaved in the past that's a good thing Mm -hmm. as well um so yeah it's all good nice one so we've talked a lot about your health a lot about work and stuff like that what do you do in downtime? What are you doing to keep your calm, as it were, and trying to suppress that anxiety that you talked about earlier as well? Yeah, um, I mean, to be to be honest, it's always been music for me. Um, nice. It's I've got you know I'm one of these men, uh, one of these men, one of these people who have had um, uh, endless musical side projects, um, and so I've been sort of trying to keep up on those and sort of skill up a little bit, I suppose. Um, so in a band, and obviously all of our um, plans to uh, dominate the world of uh, mm. punk have have sadly not been happening because um, of this bloody lockdown. But yeah. um, but instead, you know, writing a lot more, you know, taking the opportunity to just set up a camera and do some covers and post them online just for, you know, 
Shh and giggles. Um, but um, yeah. Um, and then obviously, I mean, I'm here talking to you, right? So um, you know, trying to get back into podcasting as well. Um, because I've been running my own podcast for three, four years now. Um, to do with beer, but thought you know actually i really enjoy talking to to other people and getting some ideas out there to other people so sort of got a few more in the works Can you tell us a bit about your podcast about what it actually what is it actually about as well sure so it's called rhythm and brews um oh, great and fun. love it yeah it was it was either rhythm and brews or rhythm and booze but we oh, decided no. that we wanted to confine it to um to beer um so <laughs> Uh, it's me and a, a guy I used to uh, run a club night with um, and still occasionally DJ with. Um, and we used to run a music podcast off the back of that. Uh, and then he got really into craft beer. So um, so he went to a music and beer pairing session one day, um, got obsessed with the concept because there's this whole, I mean, to be honest, frankly, a little bit rubbish um, scientific explanation about how sound can make uh, flavors different change change oh, really yeah i mean it's yeah. an experiment i'd like to get involved with yeah i mean it's 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 definitely one to to give a try to but i mean take it with <laughs> yeah. a pinch of salt um so um so <laughs> we basically that's that's the premise of the uh the podcast we pick uh three or four beers um and then we try and match them to a song to make them uh to change the way that they taste so not necessarily to make them taste better but to highlight particular aspects of it um and i mean at first we were very strict around that and it's kind of morphed over the years we still do that every episode but you know now nowadays we we talk to breweries and brewers and other beer podcasters and music folks um and sort of chat to them around their their experiences with music and beer and and then also um you know just try and mock each other's music taste to be honest a a bit of bands is always good right yeah, yeah, I mean, especially when you're getting through four beers in a night, and I <laughs> swear, perfect. we yeah, we seem to just constantly go for the biggest boys we can find. So, um, so you know, smashing back four fifteen percent um, imperial stouts is is always quite quite fun. That, I mean, that's an amazing video podcast material as well. We were talking earlier, weren't we, about Zoom? That'd be great to see the demise of how you get on after forty five minutes and four beers. To be honest, I mean, the amount of editing that I have to do just with audio, I think if we included video there, I'd, I'd be editing for most of the month just to get out all of the inappropriate imp- inappropriateness. But, True. Uh, you could do like a live stream and then the podcast edit, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe maybe just a Patreon, you know, Patreon uh, <laughs> <Excuse> members. <me. laughs> That'd be great. So are you still doing that or is it sort of taking a, a backseat for now? For now? Uh, so we actually, we are still doing that. So we just, um, <laughs> we took a break for about four months uh, whilst I was um, going to take a break from drinking, actually, because um, mm-hmm. uh, craft beer is a dangerous, dangerous beast. And um, mm-hmm. and just, I was realizing that I was using alcohol a little bit too much as a social crutch. Um, so I decided I wanted to take some time off. Um, and uh, so I took some time off for, for four months and then uh, we just started up well, we're calling it season two, but the first season was, I think, about 36 episodes. Whoa, so, um, nice. <laughs> so we'll see how long season two goes for. But yeah, we're we're two episodes in, I think, to season two. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, that's similar to me because I've, I've done two episodes, two seasons of the Make Life Work podcast. But they're only five episodes a time just to try to keep it manageable. Yeah. And I'm going to try this home edition, uh, Dom Hutchinson suggested. So I call it home edition because we're locked in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, was like, I, like, I like the wordplay there. But yeah, I don't know how long it's going to last for. Obviously, no one knows how long it's going to last for. But even what this is going to come out like, I'm trying to slightly shorter format, I think, make it a bit more digestible. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like you, it's just 
how do we fit this in around our families? It's it's different circumstances. I've, I've literally got my kids cooking their dinner in the kitchen next to me now, so I'm hoping the noises are coming through. But you know, it's one of them. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think it just adds atmosphere, right? It's it should um... do. I mean, one of the only things that I know, one of the things that we were really worried about, well, I wasn't that worried about it, but Andrew, my co-host was worried about was that you didn't get that in-person um, kind of banter and, and you know, just that feeling that you get when you're all in the same room having a chat. Yeah. Um, and actually, to be honest, the first time we did it, it, it just worked so well. Um, maybe a little bit of talking over each other at the beginning, but, um, but it was in the end, it, it it was exactly like a normal episode. Uh, we got horribly drunk, said inappropriate things, and recorded it. So it's not perfect content to me. Exactly. <laughs> so um, just one final thing before we move on. Um, you mentioned earlier about your health and like the drinking. You know, it's not great for us. Do, do you do much sort of exercise or fitness to complement your lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, I've been since lockdown. Well, actually, it's to be fair, uh, since um, uh, separation. So I, I moved out in January and got my own place. And since then, I've decided to, to care a little bit more about my health. Um, right. So I try and do um, uh, morning exercises every morning when I get up. A uh, good way to start the day. And then uh, try and get out and just get some air and, and go for a decent walk. Um, I think it's important to get that break from screen time. Um but then the other thing for me is is meditation has been a lifesaver. Oh, really? Okay. So what, what do you yeah. do? Is that every day as well? Yeah. So, I mean, I just it's just using Headspace. Um, yeah. So other other apps are available. But not as good. <laughs> it's, I mean, it works really well. It's like, I mean, 10 minutes and it just gives you that. To be honest, it's not only that it just gives you that space to, to sort of be a bit clear and a little bit calm and, and a bit more present. But also one mm. of the things that I love about it is that it's teaching me tools that I can use throughout the day, um, especially with things like anxiety uh, and panic attacks and whatnot. The techniques that you learn through meditation are exactly the same ones that they teach you um, to manage anxiety. Um, so, you know, the breathing techniques, the visualization, noting, all of these kind of things are really valuable for um, just getting through a, a particularly rough time. Yeah, cool. um, and, and to be honest, like I, I use all of those things daily. It's, you know, I'll sit there and work calls or whatever. If, if something's annoying me, then you can just, you know, do a little visualization technique or a little noting, you know, note the thoughts and let them go away. And, and it's actually a really good way to cope with, with the entire thing. Oh, interesting. I might have to have a play with that. I've tried a bit of meditation in the past, but I couldn't get into it. I, I think I struggled to find the, the literally the headspace you, you mentioned. Yeah, um, I love the idea of what it can do. Yeah, it's one of those things that I think it's you you have to just get a bit of discipline with it. And um, mm. I tend to so I've got a specific time each morning that, that I sit down and do it um, and just trying to stick to that. And, you know, there are some days that you don't do it and that's fine. You just get back on the horse the next day and it's fine. But yeah, I think it's it's just a nice and I mean. I'm again very lucky. Memrise is is pretty good with this stuff, but we've got people who sort of run um, daily guided meditations on Zoom. Um, so you know, I've joined a couple of those, and and those are just again like just doing it in a um, where there's other people to keep you accountable uh, can quite often be good as well. And actually, Headspace have just started doing uh, daily yeah. group meditations as well, so you can you can log on with a whole bunch of other people and just have that sense of community, right? Yeah, I mean that sounds great. We're, we're similar. With I'm obviously in this weird situation. They're doing trying to be more creative. Zoom yoga yeah. lessons, I think, on Thursday afternoons or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, all, all these sort of social elements and experiments really help. And I feel like you know, it sounds like you've found a good balance so far. But um, 
yeah, good to know that you. You, I might come to you for more Zen advice. Let's say later on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm on the on the path. That's good, man. Right. <laughs> I think we are almost all out of time. But is there any sort of a, any advice you want to give to anyone that is listening to the show and you know how to try and get through these difficult times? I think to be honest, it's the the biggest thing is just give yourself a break. Um, don't don't expect to be um wholly productive at the moment or um you know on the absolute a game and top of your game i know there's a lot of people who are pushing out so much at the moment and trying to sort of you know make the most of lockdown time um but you know you do you 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 make it how you need it to be and just uh yeah chill out a little bit ah i like that yeah don't get don't get yourself up to fail to give you give you a bit more realistic about what you can achieve i guess that's it that's it lovely good stuff man well thanks ever so much for joining me for this um i'm hoping you've enjoyed it i'm hoping our audience enjoy it it's been fantastic Um, and maybe we'll get you back in the future on how things are going that'll be great yeah yeah i'm definitely down for that thank you for for having me it's it's been a nice chat good yeah a nice short one as well it's not too long we can manage these i think exactly and i think i've I've currently got was perfect timing i think i've currently got my seven-year-old knocking on the door so um... there he is (laughs) bless him Right, then I'll let you get back to your little man. Um, cool. And we'll catch up again soon. Take care, Great. mate. Talk soon. See you later.